0: Welcome to Cold Pizza, our weekly podcast from Christ the Lord Church in Dayton, Ohio, where we take the opportunity to squeeze out every last bit we can from the proclamation of God's Word on Sunday. It's our chance to sit down with the preacher and tackle any further questions or application or other bits or leftovers of crust to chew on that maybe didn't quite make it into the main meal. So grab a slice, join us this week with Pastor Russ, who preached the sermon. Hey guys, and also Pastor Matt.
1: Hey, what's up?
0: And if I did not say, I am Pastor Jeff, your host. Get Good to see you. The host. Mario. Good <laughs> to sit in the host chair again. Pastor Russ is back with all of his jokes that I sometimes get.
2: Someone has to carry Matt this. Matt
0: never gets. <laughs> yeah. Matt always asks Rustly, Rusty to explain what he means. I just laugh and move on if I don't know what Russ means. <laughs> just keep going <laughs> and act like I know what he's talking about. <laughs>
2: I have a happy world.
0: You do. All right. (sighs) So uh, let's talk about uh, Sunday's sermon. The title of your sermon was Dragons and Grasshoppers, and our text was Hebrews 5, um, 11, 6, and 6 through 3. Um, I thought you did a great job with the text, brother. Thank you. How'd you like having another one of these somber (laughs) (laughs) warning text
2: i actually signed up for this one because i used it so much uh Mm -hmm. here two years ago but it was it was all in a teaching counseling context right so taking it to the pulpit with the present people um was definitely not not necessarily a challenge uh in content but just in styling Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. um and and really still trying to command it um but yeah I, i love this passage so much it's so helpful Mm. And in so many regards um, to to building your own personal humility um, of saying, you know, the problem's, it's you, it's not me. <laughs> right,
0: I thought that was good. <laughs>
2: um, to really helping us understand that it's okay mm. to to move on to the greener pastures because you're not leaving the pasture.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought that was good. I that was good. Um, what is one thing before we go on? And uh, ask more questions. What's one thing in your prep that you felt like this is this is for me? So God's pressing into my own heart.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh, I think for me it would definitely be not being afraid of the move up, the move on. Yeah. Um, I have known, and as we've talked about, that it's okay to recognize that the gospel is the whole house. But there's such a sense of caring for and loving those people that i want to keep giving those abcs to yeah but not feeling free to say it's time to start reading (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's time to put c a and t together and read Mm -hmm. um that i think I, i feel a lot more freedom to do that with you know six uh chapter six verse one and two I'm saying it's good. This is all good, and mm-hmm. and you know that we preach repentance and faith. It's the heart and soul of DNA, but the point is to make it ingrained so that it's not hard to do anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. So that you can, yeah, move up by constant practice. I, yeah. So there's just a lot of freedom there.
1: I, I really um, you don't crucify me for this, but I really like the idea. You know, we've talked about being gospel centered. I. I almost like the word better of saying we're kingdom-centered um, because, uh, you know, when Jesus comes, he doesn't say, um, hey, guys, the, the gospel of heaven is upon you. Um, but he says the kingdom of heaven is upon you. The, the kingdom of heaven is here. Sure. And so although I agree with your thought that the, uh, the, the gospel is the house, I think maybe what maybe communicates that better is uh, it's the kingdom. Right. and and the gospel is infiltrating the entire house and the specific components of the gospel that uh, what we typically mean when we think of the gospel of the the life death burial resurrection of Jesus the double imputation of the gospel um, is certainly the foundation but that foundation has effects throughout the entire house right without the foundation the walls do not stay straight they don't have anything to sit on they they shrink and crack or fall and crumble and the roof does all the same thing um but to think about it as like we are kingdom people uh Mm -hmm. we're god's kingdom people then the gospel is infused in all of that and so instead of like thinking like so much so then practically instead of thinking so much like uh, how am I going to work the gospel into all of my life? Mm-hmm. Sure. It's it's more of how am I going to to see the the kingdom of God a reality in all of my life? Well, the way I'm going to do that is is to stand upon the gospel, yeah, and and move forward. So, but
2: so I yeah, I was trying to use that word abide. Like, yeah, this is well, you. It, well, that, that so, was a-
1: <laughs> that's a great. So when I think about in, in construction again, back to that that house, I think it's a great metaphor. I think the building the house is a great metaphor for when we say leave behind, leaving behind the gospel, because mm-hmm. you don't leave behind the footers mm-hmm. and the right. foundation. But what happens is is literally uh, just basic physics. That foundation uh, is there is an abiding effect of that foundation into every aspect of that house yeah the carpet is affected by the foundation i mean yes it's three or four components of the house away from the footers meaning there's some boards and there's some nails and some more lumber and some more nails and then there's the carpet but without the foundation the boards and the nails are not going to be there and so the carpet's not there. So that that carpet is literally abiding yeah. in the foundation of the house. Yeah, The insulation in the roof that no one ever sees <clears throat> yep. is abiding in the foundation of the house. Because without the foundation of the house, it's not there. But you might if your foundation gets cracked. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Good. If it's a poor foundation. it's mm-hmm.
0: good. Your summary points, which I appreciated they all... They all, well, the last part all started with the same letter. <laughs> I appreciated that. Help <laughs> to my OCD brain. Wake up, grow up, and move up. Um, talk, talk to me here a little bit, us a little bit about this last point. Uh, so I think the wake up is apparent. Uh, he's, he's coming in, and, and there's a bit of a rebuke tone here, but it was also more of this um, calling up. Versus the rebuke, because we've spent yeah. a lot of time in the warnings in the previous chapters, which you got to yeah. unpack for us, and now you you made it clear on Sunday. Now he's he's talking to sheep, mm-hmm. right? And he, there is a concern for apostasy, but he he's talking to sheep here, and there's a bit of a rebuke, but it's also more of a um, an equipping and mm-hmm. pulling them up now. So wake up, grow up. What um, what do you think he's really emphasizing when he's really pressing into this idea of moving up?
2: Moving up, I think, is explicitly chapter six, one, and two. Mm-hmm. So now it's time to, to go on, go on to maturity. Yeah. And, and so that component is a recognition that you are where you are first, yeah. right? It's not just future vision and saying, I want to be that. I want to be like Mike when I grow up. <laughs> it's not, you know, some future picture. It's recognizing where you are now mm. so that you can start taking steps to do that. Sure. And so that's where then leaving behind comes. All right, I've got these things. It's time to set those down, I'll leave them, and move on. Move up. So I, I put the up partly to just keep with my alliteration, <laughs> uh, but also because of what we've been talking about in the past several weeks of further on, further up. Yep. Right. It's, it's this pursuit to the celestial city. Yes. So that yeah, move up is move on is mature go on to maturity
1: yeah all of that you know the uh, you know the, the primary theme is this priest this kingly priest for the purpose of persevering the Saints and then all of the warnings and the entire book with those warnings kind of sprinkled all throughout all the way up to chapter 12 the the key component that hebrews is teaching us that if you want to persevere it's advancement Mm -hmm. it's not it's not just getting a good foundation that's that's not going to be good enough i mean that's part of the point here that the elementary principles just having those is not enough to keep you from falling away and i know that that just doesn't settle well with with a lot of us Mm -hmm. Because those those are the basic principles. Because people that are the basing
2: their entire sanctification on their justification, yeah. exactly, and the wrong emphasis. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Matt, you and I were
0: in a, a counseling meeting not too long ago, and somebody kind of brought that up and was challenging that idea, and they kept saying, well, "What about once saved, always saved? Mm-hmm. What about once saved, always saved?" And I, th- I think, yeah, it was you. You said to them, "I think better language for that is the perseverance of the saints." Yeah. Instead of this idea of what well, we once saved, always saved, which really can just lead us to a, a Roman six, just to, to sin um, and abuse grace instead of a perseverance. You had to play offense.
1: Yeah. So you have to, yeah, it was, uh, I'm going to quote uh, General Patton said, I don't like paying for the same real estate twice. That's right. why I keep advancing. Yeah. And <laughs> right. So, but we keep paying for the same real estate over and over again. And yeah. what, what's the point where we keep, you, you just, you should move on from the elementary principles. Yeah. And if you don't advance, uh, then you're going to fall away. Yeah. So it's not enough to just get to zero, but to move on, to run the race, to actually put your feet to the, to the grind. And, and then you say you have to, like, hold two things in your hand at once. You've got to hold in this, if I don't advance, then I will fall away. And then the other hand, you have to hold the fact that that God ensures that I won't fall away. But we usually stop the conversation right there. When how is it that God keeps me from falling away? It's a mystery. It's the ensuring <laughs> of my advancement. Yeah. Oh, mystery revealed. Because Philippians says He will see it to completion.
0: Yeah.
1: Meaning that. The warnings that if you don't advance, you will fall away. So if you don't move on to maturity, you will fall away. Well, well, God, I can rest that God's going to keep me. Well, how God's how's God going to keep me? By ensuring my advancement, mm-hmm. by ensuring my striving, by ensuring my moving on from milk to meat. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's going to happen. So
0: it's good. It makes me think about. Anytime you read about warfare, you're talking about Patton, or you watch a movie about special ops or something, they get stuck behind enemy lines. They always are saying, we have to keep moving. Yeah. To stay in one place is to die. Yeah. It's a matter of time. Yeah, me. you gotta go, go, go. You gotta keep moving, yeah, keep advancing. You think
1: about uh, patients who are you know, in the, in the hospital that just can't physically move and all the atrophy that sets yep. in and their mm-hmm. bodies begin to fall yeah. apart and their muscles whittle away.
0: Yeah, and that's why, and if you tie this back to um the sermon i preached about rest where he's giving the warnings about make sure you're striving into the rest he's, talking, he's he's um he's giving the example in light of god's sabbath rest which is not an an idle rest it's not mm-hmm. it wasn't god sitting back saying okay it's all done it was instead saying god saying it's perfect but there's still work to be done mm-hmm. right even in the midst of a, the perfect garden they're su- still supposed to go forth because God's work is perfect, now I can in boldness break into the next acre of ground. So because Christ's righteousness has been given to me, we talked about last week, this mm-hmm. unfathomable righteousness has been given to me, now I can in boldness plow into the next field yeah. with a lot of strength and, yep. and uh, yep. glory. So I don't wanna spend all the time uh, on this, but so we're supposed to move up, move on, further up, further in. When I th- look at those three points, wake up, grow up, move up. Where do you think that the majority of churches are in those three points? Uh, There's there's this kind of wake up to get their attention. Um, You're dull of hearing. Grow up. You're a bunch of babies. Where do you think most, or maybe we could just make it more personal, where do we think our church is and and do what you want, Uh, whether you want to think about the church at large, um, which is easier to shoot at. But let's shoot at our own church uh, if you want to. Difficulties. <laughs> Technical difficulties. You asked me to host. <laughs> you asked me to host. Well, and this is uh, this is assessing those who are you're leading is always an assessment of leadership as well. It is, yeah. All right? Uh, attitude reflects leadership. In Lucian case, said. In, in, <laughs> we're awesome. we <from> the Titans. There's <laughs> right? beef jerky in the pews. Right. So I'll, I will go ahead uh, and and lead on this. Um. I won't make a statement on where I think the majority is, but I do think a lot of people um, are in the the wake-up stage, the dull of hearing, simply because we've been lulled to sleep. Mm-hmm through a, a variety of things
1: we got we got uh, chip bags on our head we do <laughs>
0: yes matt sent us a video oh uh, um he was getting in the car this morning i and
1: was i was pulling up to my driveway after dropping the kids oh, okay and there was a, a cat <laughs> i, I got cats? excited because
0: i thought you were going to run over the cat but i almost he did
1: didn't. I pulled up right behind him okay. after they stopped the video and just laid on my horn, and he did not. He just slowly came. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to run you over. This big, fat cat is, <laughs> is walking slowly,
0: and I, it took me a moment to figure out what was going on, and Matt's videoing him, and he's got a Cheeto bag <laughs> stuck over his head. That stuck. Big old black and white cat, and this <laughs> Cheeto bag stuck over his head, and I, I, I felt this... In the moment watching it, I was like, why does this feel so familiar? And I was like, ah, I'm a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it feels like you're trying that comment herding cats. Yeah. And sometimes you're her- trying to herd cats with Cheeto bags on their head. That cat was very dull of hearing. Exactly. And so I think. We will not
2: run you over.
1: We, we won't run you over, no. Well, you tried to get we, it off, right? <laughs> well, we might pull it behind you and, and slam on the horn. Slam on the horn. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I got out and I tried to pull it off. And my, I was like snugged on there because this cat, you have to see, it has like this cartoon, like from like Whoville kind of like puffs coming out its cheeks. That's funny, man. And then I took the second tug, I was able to get it off, and it was just all the crumbles all over its face.
0: That's so funny, man. So, so, um, well, I, I I remember a sermon in uh, First Peter. I said something to the effect. It's about the um, Satan being like a roaring lion. I said some of you can't hear the voice of the true lion because you got your head stuck in the mouth of the false lion. Yeah. So in the same way, people have Cheeto bags because we've, we've been feeding ourselves junk, mm-hmm. junk food, yep. and and getting a high off that, mm-hmm. as it were, because it'll give you a, a sugar high, high. A sugar high, and then they'll leave you feeling like crap later. So I think there's a majority of people in our own church that. Um, God is doing a lot of good things, but there's there's some that need to wake up, as it were, because I've said a lot, especially through this series. People don't realize this is life and death. Yeah, right. This is okay. life and death. Hopefully, so th- they realize that this coming Sunday. Right. Yeah. These small. Yeah. <laughs> these small decisions that we make every single day that lead to bigger decisions, that lead to bigger decisions, and then all of a sudden you find yourself in a place and you say, "How in the world did I get here?" Mm-hmm. Right. And so I do think there's a a, a wake up. Um, that needs to happen a little bit more
1: in our in our midst. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Other thoughts on that?
1: Or any it's of those points? hard. There's there's time. I look out in preaching, and I, you know, I I'm not God, uh, just in case you were wondering. But I I can see God's it. it I can see it in the faces of those who are dull of hearing. Sure. Like I yeah. can't, and I make eye contact with them every Sunday. Yeah. That I preach. Yeah. And I just I pray for them in that moment, mm. and and ask the Lord that. That something would change. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: I think there's a a good bit of them that are that. I think, though, we have not many, but several that um, definitely can lean into the grow up component. Okay. As if they need permission or freedom to do so. Right. And the same way that to me, the move up aspect, the move on, you can stress these other things and not feel like you have to coddle that gospel Mm. piece. Um, was was good for me as an elder. I think a lot of uh, there's several of our people that need that freedom. To say, yeah, you ought to be teachers. It's yeah. it's time. Yeah. And if not now, when? Is the kind of the question that I'm faced with on that. Mm. Uh, if I am particularly if I'm a, a man and I'm called to be that for myself and then for my family, then if not now, then when? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the same is gonna be true for mm-hmm. you then in the church. If not now, then when?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. One of the things I want to ask, I've been thinking this the past couple weeks, like I want to ask our men, how many of you have intentional instruction time with your wife Hmm. and your kids? That's good. Yeah. Uh, And I'm not saying it has to be the same day every week or whatever, but how many of you have intentional time teaching and instructing your wife and your kids? Mm-hmm. And I mean both of those because I think we have even we have some who are instructing their kids, but how many of them have something of value to teach their wife Mm -hmm. and are doing that? Yeah, that's good. And and it doesn't have. I'm not saying it has to be a three o'clock every Wednesday. It's time for me to teach my wife. Mm -hmm. But for some of some of our men, that's what they need to do. Yeah, that's they need to set up an actual calendar time.
0: Yeah, and and to. And not just to set up a calendar time to talk through through certain things, but be very specific. Okay, here's some lies that you've confessed you've been struggling believing. Here's the truth, I know that's what you mean when you're saying that, but not just to get together and read the Bible with them, but to actually step down into am I discipling Mm -hmm. my wife, am I discipling my children? Do I know them, do I know the specific struggles that my kids Mm -hmm. have that are different than their brother or sister? and, and how am I speaking to those things? Yeah, intentionally. Yeah. That's good. I think all of us of course uh, are struggling with one aspect of these points, these three points at any given time in our life in different areas. So there's things in my life that I need to definitely, I feel like the Holy Spirit comes in and slaps me in the reading of the word and it's like, wake up. <laughs> and, and there's a moment, if you guys have ever been there, when the truth of the scripture hits you and you realize how you've been walking in unbelief, mm-hmm. where it's, it's scary and you're like, what have I been doing? like I've been blind I've been I've been wandering around um, thinking I was doing well and I I've had some of that happen in the last couple of years in certain aspects of my marriage like mm. oh that's why that was happening mm-hmm. you know yeah and praise god for for the wake up call the, yeah. for the horn blowing <laughs> <laughs> that's all right <laughs> and and for <laughs> the ah! yeah and for the people and mostly <laughs> just for the spirit coming and yanking the cheeto bag off my head That's right. um yeah. even though i was like i was having a great time in there <laughs>
1: right? did you see the cat when i walked up the hill did you notice that it ran into the bushes it right did. there but it didn't like like i mean most cats like when they do that they kind of like startle and they back up and they right. kind of i mean i've put
2: socks on jump. yeah that cat's I, fearless yeah well, <laughs> no, cat. ignorance dumb. is bliss
0: baby yeah exactly Especially when you got a <laughs> well and it is not to uh not to beat the metaphor to death but i know where that cat was headed up towards the road <laughs>
1: oh, i know
0: right yes i was I'm gonna have a it go. great time walking right up into the road and smashed that, by a that car that cat
1: has hissed at me way too many times i was um, gonna let it keep going
0: so many pastoral analogies <laughs> there <laughs> we had a that cat <laughs> 17,
1: 17. had 17 that cat had a hedge of protection
0: Hey you
1: were his guardian angel. Oh my goodness. I was there with my seat positioned just right to keep the cat from going into the road and being hit. That's a that's an illustration coming this Sunday. All right. Let's not get ahead of ourselves.
0: It's good stuff. All right. We could we could spend a lot of time talking about anything else on those three points in my question there. I will say, as a way of encouragement, that I have seen a lot of people, um, moving up, and they're oh, yeah. they're, they're cutting meat, and they're cooking meat, and they're eating meat, yeah. and um, they know oh, that the, right. a part of that is the knowing the difference in what good food is mm-hmm. and what bad food is, and yeah, no, yeah,
1: that's right. You were asking for an assessment. I'll give you my assessment real give quick. It. Um, I think most churches are are dull of hearing. Yeah, I mean, I think just their sleep. I think even a number of the reformed churches around yeah. uh, even in our immediate area our, our doll of hearing yeah are um, suckling babies on a bunch of bottles yeah um, and and big sucking holes for goats yeah, yeah. Um, that uh, yeah I think that's the case and then um, I think with our with our with our church um, yeah I think we've got I think we have people in each category yeah um, certainly um, but uh, I think we just have a handful of people in that wake up category. I yeah. don't think it's I don't think it's huge. I yeah, I, agree. I think we have most uh, of our people. I've told this to many people before. I uh, in the past month or two, I've not been in a church with this high a concentration of of men who are really growing up, mm-hmm. like truly yeah. growing up. Yeah. And that, and I would say to you ladies uh and to you wives and such that are listening like be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Like be be thankful. Be encouraged. Support that. Bring your wisdom alongside of that. Yeah. Um, well, I don't like think you s- can
2: bring a sermon like this past Sunday to a church that doesn't have people in that category. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. No.
1: Absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. So. so yeah, I I'm super encouraged. I I think um, we have you know bright days ahead of us. Yeah. Amen. I agree
0: with that, brother. Praise God. And I would encourage our listeners to ask, be asking those questions. In what areas do I need to wake up and ask the Spirit of God and the Word of God to reveal gotta, that? Or go ask your pastors, ask yeah. your home group leaders, ask your spouse, and then ask the question to the others too. Where do I need to grow up? Where am I sucking on a bottle? Yeah. And where, where do I need to go ahead and move on up? Where, yeah. by God's grace, am I doing well?
1: And, and just remember, you, no one knows they're sleeping while right. they're sleeping. True. So something from the outside has to wake you up. Yeah, and so Ro- that's where I think you're. Where you said you, like, you're not just going to sit there and self-assess this no. and get there, unless the spirit happens to drop something in your spirit sure. in that moment. But it's probably more likely going to be from reading the word yep. and being and in from the body of Christ. Yeah, like that's the where it's going to have yep. to come from. Yep. Someone's going to have to throw a bucket of cold water on you. Exactly. And that, I was just
0: going ready to say, Russ, you brought this up on Sunday. A good assessment for where you're at in those areas is who you're hanging out with. Who are you spending most of your? Not just who are you in covenant community with, and yeah, not your pastors, not Sunday, but who are you drawn to? Who are you propping <laughs> up around yourself? Right, is a great assessment. Are they all wearing Cheeto bags on their heads and bumping into each other? Right.
2: The rest of them are drunk on Mountain Dew.
0: Right. Well, you, you got to have people. To, they got to have people to look at you and say, like you made the analogy of uh, little kids look at Grandpa and know that it's funny. When Grandpa pretends to drink out of the bottle, because that's not something a grown man <laughs> is supposed to do, right? Especially a, an a, an elder like that, right? Um, which is seems to be few and far between sometimes in our culture. Um, but you got to be able to spot that and put yourself around people that are going to call that stuff out as well. Mm-hmm. Like that's that's foolishness, mm-hmm. right? I hope you're joking about that, because <laughs> that is not that's not befitting. A mature man of God Or a mature woman of God yeah. yeah Matt looks like he's about to say something <laughs> I had like Ten comments I wanted to say But we should move on Alright we'll move on You say him Save him for next week <laughs> Or you do another podcast Like you did a couple weeks ago <laughs> Matt just needs to start his own podcast <laughs> Matt's Musings <laughs> <laughs> Everything from Hunger Games To Chickens To HVAC oh. Alright So uh, one thing we like to ask to the preacher is, is there another way you could have gone with this text? Sometimes the text is pretty straightforward and it's like it is what it is. Other times um, you have to kind of pick a direction to roll. What are some other ways you could have gone with this text, Russ?
2: Yeah, one very easy way it could have gone was where it could have gone two years ago. Um, The context of who we have in our flock is – So much more of a determining factor, I think, to Mm. good preaching, yeah, uh, than we give credit for, and I think is a very big warning for listening to sermons from other churches. Mm -hmm. Um, you have no idea the health of that body and what's going on there and why they're saying what they're saying to those people. Yep, Yep. that's good. So it doesn't mean stop by any means, but man, I would have handled this a lot differently, (laughs) sure, not long ago, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, so, um. Yeah, that's one way. One thing I I really enjoyed reading, because it was just encouraging, um, is Spurgeon's sermon on this. I didn't use much from the first half to two-thirds of it. I quoted him a couple times. That was all from the end, including his very last paragraph. Um, The first half to two-thirds, he sets them up on uh, this, you're dull of hearing and you need uh, milk, not solid food. Well, then he spends half to two thirds of his time just laying out solid food after solid food after wow. solid food. You need milk, not solid food. But look at all this solid food. Look mm. at all this solid food. Yeah. And just really setting before them these delicacies of the faith that they could mm. and should be able to move on into. So it's like, you want Mexican? Look at this. This is mm. what that. You want Italian? Look at all this. That's over here. You want French? I mean, look at all of this. And uh, and and one sense that's really Appealing because he's trying to whet their appetite for it, right? And so mm-hmm. it really is a calling up to that, like you guys ought to. This oughtness, I, I really yeah. wanted to belabor that more, but mm. there's a lot to cover. That you ought to want this. You ought to know what it tastes like. You ought to know how to make it.
1: Yeah. Right? Like, yes.
2: There's a lot there, um, but and, and needless to say, I didn't go that route. <laughs> right.
1: You know, which let me insert real quick, and maybe it's take us off on a little bit of a rabbit trail here.
0: That's why we have three people on the podcast today.
1: (laughs) Is um, so then, how then, as a teacher, preacher, do you get the person from milk to meat? Because I think the pervading thought uh, is well, you got to give them a whole bunch of milk. Hmm. And. M- maybe add in a little bit more here and there, and then and then get them up to here. Yeah, gonna put the I mean, meat I, in a blender. I think that's the <laughs> I think that's the pervading thought. Right, yeah. that's true. I'm kind of leading with where I'm at, but so how do you what do we do with that?
2: Yeah, well, there's a common theme that we've had, um, I guess, amongst us for the past two even three years, is uh, treating in particular men like men speaking to them like what they're supposed to be and are. Mm -hmm. Um, Because there are other metaphors that the scriptures give us besides milk and meat. Uh, You have this kind of blindness aspect and and being distracted component Uh that comes from the enemy. And so it's not that they're not men, it's that they're distracted men. And so they can handle solid food, they're just not eating it. And so here, put this in your mouth (laughs) and treat and speak to people like what they are. Because it's really easy for us to... I mean, we're there's there's definitely a line on being harsh, and we none of us would disagree with that, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about speaking to you as what you are, yeah, uh, and and calling people up that way. So instead of giving them Taco Bell, like here's some legit Mexican man. This is what we're having, yeah. And that's like, here's, some,
0: here's some good stuff. Isn't that what the author's already set up too? unpacking this idea of you have the righteousness of Christ. Well, that's part this of what is what you are. Well, that's
2: part of what well, I was saying. Like, you'd think that if this were really the case, he'd give the whole letter to it. Well, that mm-hmm. would be him giving them milk the whole time.
0: Yes. Exactly.
1: Yes. So I, I think there's a sense of, um, so I'm on milk, and that means I need teaching to kind of meet me where I'm at because I'm on milk. But if you notice in the passage, what's the reason for them being on milk? It's not because of the teaching they've received, or the teaching they haven't received. It's because they're dull. Yep. Yeah. It's because they're lazy. So, and I'm not saying that the teaching never uh, condescends, right, or never goes into the to the milk. You, but, um, in this passage, the reason they're on milk is not because of a poor teaching. It's because, um their doll of hearing yep um you know if and i think some of the reasoning that we get into for well they're on milk and we just meet them where they're at is because we think more in terms and i'm gonna steal this from charlotte mason uh an educator uh, but she said you know in modern education you know this modern education philosophy we view people as being empty buckets that uh, just need more data. They they uh, they just need more information. So therefore, someone who's on milk, you just need to give them more information, but it needs to be like where they're at. Um, but she would argue that no, we're actually image bearers, living organisms that feed off of rich ideas, uh, depth of ideas, big words, living stories, richness, and so you give that to a child and you stay away from these stupid disney books and garbage like that and give them real quality literature mm-hmm. they can they they will they will grasp what they can swallow yeah but then they're going their lips are going to be teased with with more richness every time they hear it and more to dive it because they're they're a living organism that grows that soaks in it that is that's enriched by it the the thing is is that the person who's on milk then is being fed when they're fed richness meat that has depth to it if they start to choke the issue is not in the uh the fact that they're being given a rich idea what is stifling their chewing and swallowing an ability is their pride and their laziness yeah. If they're a living organism that is meant to th- to thrive off of truth, know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Like know the richness of God and that will set you free, then the only other the only reason truth wouldn't set you free is if your if your head has a Cheeto bag over it.
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you for that cat. What a great analogy. That's
1: the that's the only reason. Yeah. Because otherwise you're going to hear like that big word that was used or that really deep concept. You're going to go, oh, I want to know more of that. Not, oh, I, can't, I can't handle this. Right. Darn that preacher for using too big of a word on me. That's not going to be your response.
2: That's yeah, the same thing as like it's a genealogy thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You get that analogy on Sunday. <laughs> I started Matthew 1 and you couldn't get any of it. Yeah. That's good.
2: This When a kid, sits down and is like, I don't like this food. Like, you
1: haven't even tried it. Right.
0: <laughs> You've never tried this before in your life. <laughs>
1: <laughs> me as a parent, now I'm like, game on. You're going to eat every last bite. Right. Double
2: portion for you, my friend. Uh-huh. Exactly. Oh, well, I've done that.
0: Yeah, me too. Me too.
2: So I can't help myself, but Cheetos mascot is a cat, so this feels like some kind of weird cat cannibalism.
0: <laughs> this does. This is... So
1: for the record, it may not have been a Cheeto bag. It is now. I, I forever. It, we'll is, be... it is a Cheeto bag. I it like was... Cheetos. It was the bottom of the bag that I could see when I walked up, and I just crumbled it and threw it in the trash.
0: We got to go back and look at it now and figure out what it was. <laughs> but it's going to forever be a Cheeto bag for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. I think um, then, you know, Russ, you gave the analogy on Sunday. What happens then, Matt, if we don't continue to press people to, to grow up, to move on, is then we just we are accommodating them, and we do the, uh, the airplane thing and we're mm-hmm. feeding them. We've all done that with little, you know, little babies. And then you find very quickly that that doesn't work anymore because the kid's like, Yeah, no, we did the airplane yesterday. Well, we're going to do the train today. Why? Because they're smart. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) They're smart. Now they're
1: playing you. Right.
0: And then all of a sudden they figure out that if I don't want to eat this thing and I just seal my lips. So the sheep, mom and dad will do backflips. Yeah. The the
1: person who comes up and says, I'm choking on this or it's too much, they're just playing the preacher. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well,
2: that's been part of the thing is. Uh, in us not speaking particularly again to men as men it's because they want us to do the work for them mm-hmm. yeah. and, and we've it's so easy to do that with with my wife to do the work for her with, for my kids and not call you up to it to, mm-hmm. to grow in those things uh, that's what i want done for me if i have my choice is to yeah. have other people do the hard work for me
0: mm-hmm. yeah and I, I i commend you as a preacher russ because i think you do give lots of application and there was a lot of application in sunday's sermon but Sometimes I can have a tendency to belabor the point so much, and that Mm. I'm cutting it up in really, really tiny pieces Mm. Um, instead of just like, no, you can handle this. It's the same thing. (laughs) And we talked about some of this last week and making things hard for our kids on purpose. Yeah. Right. And how that we talked a tiny bit about how that's the same thing we do in in, uh, pastoring is that we do that for your good because if we're cutting it up in such tiny pieces, a, we're doing the work for them. And also, there's no resilience being built there. Yeah. This no trust. Is, there's no trust. And there's there's the sense in the kid of like, well, this is a really, really hard thing. If that has to chop this up in such tiny pieces for me, I I surely can't achieve this.
2: That's a big reason I wanted to bring in just briefly that Ephesians 4 passage on Sunday is it's not us thinking high and mighty of ourselves. There no. is a qualification line for yes. us as shepherds. Yes. And so having that in place, then it, it needs to be known what what are we after? What's our job? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if it's if we keep forever cutting up everything for them, yeah, we're not doing our job. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not that we're trying to get out of work or, or any of that. It's that is the job is to bring you to full manhood. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, amen. So uh, hopefully, this will segue into some other things we want to talk about. What are some uh, false or faux um, understandings of maturity as well. Does that make sense? So we can encourage people to grow up in Christ, be mature, to move on, to eat meat. Is there any...
2: I have that one uh, end of the spectrum I was talking about of saying you can be that theological egghead who knows all this stuff but yeah. doesn't actually prepare, eat, any of it. Right, yeah. Um, you can know all the cuisine in the world but if you haven't actually tasted it, yeah. you're not eating, that. you're not actually mm-hmm. growing up. So the danger is that we have people who do, um, who read, who who try to move on to other things and grow up, um, but don't actually then bring that into the life. And I think that that's a a big piece of why you ought to be teachers matters, because teaching requires implementation. Yeah. Uh, You can spot a a teacher who doesn't actually know or practice their stuff. Yeah. It's so easy. Any children can do that. Yeah. Um, so the fact that you have to then turn around and give it to someone else, disciple them, teach them, man, that that's where you really actually test if you know what that stuff is, which is a big reason I like teaching so much mm-hmm. and really jump into it earlier than maybe I should in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a practice that I've developed mm-hmm. over <laughs> 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. um, is jumping into trying to teach it because it tests my knowledge and and me being able to see how things actually connect and not just regurgitate knowledge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you can only you can only last in that realm so long. Mm -hmm. That's why you have to surround yourself with other babies. Yeah. Because if you're eating (laughs) drinking richer milk, you know, then you I have vitamin D Right. And you seem like the expert in that circle. You see a lot of that in churches, you know. (laughs) People that have a knowledge of the scriptures, but there's not a lot of doing.
2: My whole milk is actually only 3% more fat than what you have. Whole sounds better, though. Right. 3% more. Exactly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so you, you're putting yourself in situations, people um, actively putting themselves in situations where they can't BS their way through that. We mm-hmm. talked about that last week a little mm-hmm. bit, is vital as well. You have any thoughts on that, Matt? Faux, false understandings of maturity?
1: Um, I can think of like faux markers. Mm. Like yeah. um, age, okay, yep. age, um, hair color, mm-hmm. life experience. Yeah, I've been a, mean, I've been a Christian for this long. Uh huh. Yeah, and that's the thing. Life experience means nothing if that life experience has not been sifted mm. through the Word of God. Yeah, I mean it. It's not. uh Yeah, it's because maybe your interpretation of that life experience is wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, emotional hype. Yep. How good you feel about God? I think is a can be a false marker of of um,
0: maturity. I think that's a massive one we're seeing in our culture right now. From everything to what we mm-hmm. talked about a little bit last week too. I if I feel good about Jesus. When I walk away from a sermon mm-hmm. or a service, or from reading my Bible, or from reading my Bible, that was Russ's point this past Sunday. Exactly. If I feel good about it, then I must be mature, and it's kind of a hijacking of this. I have a personal relationship with Jesus, <laughs> yes, right? Yes. Um, so the Satan, exactly. Yeah, he knows him, and he knows more scripture than you do, too. <laughs> everything from that to what we're seeing right now, you know, all over social media and all over the news at the um, Asbury quote-unquote revival. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's going on, which we've had a lot of people ask us our thoughts about that. And I did say something. What are your thoughts about that, Jeff? Yeah, <laughs> I said I was going to say something about it. So I have a, I have like
1: five pages of thoughts. <laughs> I, was, I was scrolling through, I our, know. <laughs> through our talk notes. I was like, oh, wow. Jeff has lots of thoughts. <laughs> Jeff's got lots of... I mean, I do too. These yeah. are just some. some
0: yeah, yeah these, are just, no, these are just some of my thoughts. <laughs> and the, the reason to bring it up is not simply to, you know... Um, speak to it just because it's happening although I think we would need to speak to it because we've had questions in our congregation and other people I've talked to but it was interesting sitting there listening to the sermon on Sunday and seeing how, how this applied yeah so clearly and Russ you made the comment which I thought was just really good or really stellar as Matt would say
1: um, really stellar. It was stellar. super helpful. I think I said that if we were sitting on my porch Sunday night. I think I said, you "Man, did. your sermon was just." That's stellar. when I knew I had arrived. Yeah, Sunday night. <laughs> yeah, Where yeah. Were- the Johnsons came over to oh, my house. Why did I get invited to that? Okay, is you're not as cool as these elders over here? Okay, whatever. That's <laughs> that's definitely not true. <laughs>
0: so Rust made this super helpful, stellar comment. It was delightful. Uh, A delightful comment on Sunday. I don't know what I say all the time. I don't know what I say, but it's super helpful. I think you say so. So?
2: So, so and then you go in.
0: Do I? Yeah. I don't know. I don't pay attention to what I say. I like to say listen. 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 I I say that sometimes. I write that right in my notes. Listen. I started doing that in my notes too. Listen.
2: I prefer that over uh, a certain other podcaster who just says, very interesting, and then moves on to something else he wants to talk about.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. So. yeah. in my notes sometimes now we're getting into rabbit row, and In my notes sometimes <laughs> I'll write a statement and then next to it, I don't know if you've ever seen this in my notes before, but I'll say go off, meaning like just go off on this. If and it's kind of in my point if, if I'm Could feeling you give it, yourself permission and if the ahead spirit of time. drops, man, I'm just gonna or if somebody just looks at me the wrong way. <laughs> I'm just gonna go off. It's kinda of like I get to a point I'm like that that really captures what i'm trying to say so it's that whole. but life. i really feel passionate about that so in the moment if i have more that, to say i'm going to go off that double
2: uh, conversation we have in our heads while we yep. preach
0: that's the go off always. the one the
2: one that jeff said is going say something say <laughs> <Exactly>. something <laughs> say something
0: <laughs> do it now do it go for it and i'm like okay I, I will write that in my notes so that's what that means by the way like <laughs> go off on on something anyway but you made this helpful comment coming coming back um about the revival and, and you are tying it to um, maturity, instead of just saying, hey, there's a revival happening, what do you think about the Asbury revival thing? You should say, what is revival? Mm-hmm. Well, if you don't know what revival is, or even if the word revival, you and I were having this conversation earlier, if even the word revival is a biblical one in the <laughs> way it's being interpreted, or it, or it even has been interpreted in the last, you know, however many years. Sure. Right? There's a loud car going by. Then, uh, then you're really gonna uh, get taken advantage of. Mm-hmm. You're gonna be off in, in left field somewhere. So, I have lots of thoughts. But what go are some? Go off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my notes. I, let me say this before you re- before jump in, because
1: this is like uh, I'm drinking I'm go- lots I'm of coffee and, and <laughs> smoking lots of tobacco right now, so I'm pretty hyped up. I'm gonna, I'm go, gonna go off stand up. on, on it for a moment. One of my biggest <laughs>
0: no, I'm not going to drink green tea. Anybody got any lavender? We tea, fought a, listen, Russ, day. we fought a war so we didn't have to drink tea. Right? <laughs> I ain't going to drink tea.
1: We fought a war so we wouldn't have to drink tea or be ruled by the queen. Someone get him some lavender and calm him down.
2: That was from Hot Rod. I was trying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I heard
1: you. Uh, one of my biggest struggles with it right now, I think it's revealing... Uh, so it's not so much about what's happening there, but what's happening outside of there. Yeah, and that is anyone who questions what's happening there yeah. is just, well, how how dare you? Mm-hmm. How dare you question the move of God? You know, how dare you when the scriptures clearly tell us to test things? Yes, right? It Says
2: judge not. <laughs> Which is where we've heard the first iteration of this whole problem. Yep. Mm. Judge not. Now how dare you critique? How dare you question God? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. So that that's the thing. Right? And this is
2: why I'm talking about the church history thing. Like, it's nothing new.
1: Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. This
2: is just a rephrased version of who are you to question God? Judge not. Yeah. Don't judge me.
0: Right. Well, and, and before you go on, I would tie that way back up to a comment we made earlier here about you have to assess yourself not just by yourself, but in the midst of the Word of God and the Spirit, of course, but in uh, the midst of covenant community yeah and so what we have there is no covenant community at asbury exactly right that's one of my points but also just in general in the big eva of american church and so on we have this personal relationship with jesus apart from covenant community so it's it's, such an individualistic culture Mm -hmm. so how dare you question my personal experience and personal relationship with jesus and then you add on top of that things like critical theory so now lived experience trumps Everything, mm-hmm. right? So, how dare you question that? I mean, lived experience now trumps. Well, lived experience trumps. Anything. Even my own biology. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because I feel this way. So, anyway, go ahead.
1: No, that was it. It's just there's it I it 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 really bothers me for someone to say, "Hey, I don't know if this thing's legit mm-hmm. according to these scriptural standards." Yeah, and for that person, to just get blasted. Like right. that to me just Right. I it doesn't make any like that's really sad. Yeah. The the sufficiency of the scriptures is just being trampled on mm-hmm. in the context of this discussion, mm-hmm. which I think in part reveals what's going on. Yeah. No, that's good. And I
0: think so anytime I hear about something like this, I think in one sense, you know, Philippians one, there's this hey, if, if Christ is proclaimed, I rejoice in that. But then the question is, is Christ really being proclaimed? Right, yeah. That's and so then then you've got to step through the scriptures. What's our guide for this? It's the scriptures, 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 22. So don't quench the spirit. So if the spirit is working, I don't want to quench the spirit. I don't want to despise certain things, but I need to test everything, right? And I need mm-hmm. to hold fast. To what is good mm-hmm. and abstain from evil. The text says. So I'm going to test the spirits, though, and it's not a legalistic or judgmental um, position to take. To say I'm going to test the fruit of this. Yeah. Right. I'm gonna I'm gonna know what good fruit is supposed to look like. That's what that that's what we're called to do as believers. Mm-hmm. And and First uh, John four. Uh, don't believe every spirit, test the spirits, whether they're from God. Mm-hmm. I think folks just don't realize that there are spirits at work, right? Mm-hmm. But there is one Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is going to exalt the person and work of Jesus Christ yeah, absolutely, um, for the forgiveness of sins and the imputed righteousness that causes us to walk in holiness mm-hmm. and in righteousness. So I was just thinking about the... Um, this asbury revival quote unquote in in light of our mission we call people to know love and obey jesus as lord overall so what's that kind of the metric for how i've been thinking about the last several days and i'm a little more invested in it because as many of you know my ancestors are all from kentucky that revival holiness movement is very evident there um there's a lot of superstition though and stuff that gets thrown in with the gospel. Mm, that's just, just yeah, it's just, just pegging. So can we really say revival is happening? So on this idea of knowing mm. Jesus, can we say revival is happening when there's only singing prayers and testimonies? Those, those are the real visible things that are being seen and there's no visible preaching of the scriptures. Mm-hmm. If the scriptures are not the thing that is being exalted and, and, um, and the foundation, right? Pushing us towards the holiness of God, can we really say that, that there's revival happening? Um, and if there is any, and I've listened to several of the um, live streams, mm-hmm. and what I've seen there is um, seemingly well-intended people. And if the scripture is mentioned, though, or if the Bible is opened, it's it's not faithful to the text. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the scriptures, you know Acts two, and again, I want to say and this is maybe another discussion. Um, if we had a Patreon, we could have this discussion afterwards, and we pay for it. Um, Foreshadowing. Re- <laughs> Foreshadowing is the, is revival the right word to use? I like the I I like the language of great awakening mm-hmm. better than revival. Anyway, if you want to call them quote unquote revivals, Acts two, um, Jonah three, mm-hmm. Nineveh um, experiences a, what we'll call revival or an awakening. Acts two, they experience a revival or an awakening. And what was the source of that awakening? It was the preaching of God's word. It was a preaching of repentance and faith. Exactly, that's the that's the deeper piece here.
2: Proceeded by judgment. <laughs>
0: exactly, the threat what's... of
2: judgment to Nineveh mm-hmm. and the judgment poured out on Jesus.
0: Exactly, what's coming? What's coming, mm-hmm. Nineveh? Right, destruction. If you read through the text there, um, and I encourage you to go read Jonah three, four through ten. They realize judgment's coming, and that's all he says. He's like, "Hey, God is coming to judge you," mm-hmm. and they repent in sackcloth and ashes. <laughs> Prepare to meet thy God. Prepare to meet thy God. There is a a deep understanding of their sinfulness, and how they have have um, the, how they profaned the name of a holy God, and uh, and they repent. And God's God's wrath that is rightly deserved is is stayed. Um, so yeah, the preaching. Even when you look at some of the um, restoring of Israel in the Old Testament, you see what did they do? They got up and they read what? They read God's yeah, law. The valley of Dry Bones. Yeah, and people repented, right, of yeah. their sinfulness. So, um, yeah, there's a whole conversation we could have again about is the term revival or awakening even something? And this is this is why we have to be mature though, because if we're just if we're sucking on milk, then any. Um, anything that looks like the holiness of God or this uh, falling somewhere is gonna seem like a great thing.
2: Yeah, one of the concerns for me is there's a sense that if you're not eager for revival, then something's wrong with you. Right, You should desire that and want that. And and to an extent I agree, Um, the concern that I have is what were we encouraged to do in chapter three or four, right? Mm -hmm. Hold fast your confession and boast in your what? Yeah, in your hope. Your hope. Mm-hmm. And this, there's this. You already have those two things. Hebrews tells us, right? You already have your confession and you hope because of that. You boast in that. And so there's a sense that the people who seem to be most excited about the revival potential, even, are the most hopeless people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As if this is the event. This is what? No. Right, we already have that.
1: Yeah, and then somehow you're lacking something if you're not enthralled by it. Yeah, exactly. When I'm like, when you, I, I think your point is uh, but you're holding fast your confession, mm-hmm. and this hope that we have, like yep. I already got that. Yes. I don't, I don't need to go to Asbury for that. Right,
0: mm-hmm. and that's it's, it's interesting too that you're seeing. So in the Great Awakening, if you study that, you see something small happening, and this is the same way that the. we're using this word revival happened in the scriptures. It started here, small, and then it spread from there out. It wasn't people coming to that. Yeah. Right. So everybody's flying to Asbury as if the chapel there is the only place, like that's where the Shekinah glory is at, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's where the the closest
2: example you have for that is Pentecost.
0: The closest example. But there's also something extra happening in Acts 2. Very. Right. (laughs) That is not simply, it's not just the blueprint for any revival, right? Like the Holy Spirit is coming and establishing the church. Yes. Right. Mm -hmm. So let's be clear that that's not just the blueprint for everything else. And I know that's not what you're saying, right? There's something because well, that's happening. not
2: going to happen again until he returns. Right. Exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly. And so you see people flocking there to experience yep. God. Yep. And there's a lot of conversation about the third member of the Trinity, right? Which who doesn't speak for himself. Exactly. Or hold himself up. Exactly. Exactly. And what's he point to. And so when there's just not a lot of um, emphasis on the spirits work and what the spirit is pointing to i heard somebody interviewed that was there and they said um i received the holy spirit after i was saved um which is a false teaching the idea of that later on somewhere when you get the anointing uh the spirit comes and he's like and then i came here because i wanted more of that and what it was is i want more of that experience Mm -hmm. i want more of that feeling um and it's
2: that experience phrase that scares me the most because a lot of the churches that I've seen that have to amp up their airplane flying into the mouth thing yeah. because it has to be bigger and more and every week after every week use experience like every every time that at Christ's low we use um, a gathering mm. they would substitute an experience everything's an experience
0: everything's an experience
2: yeah and you live from one experience to the next to the next right. to mm-hmm. the come next.
0: experience the love of God yeah. right. Yep. So how am I going to know who again with this no level bay? How am I going to know how to love Jesus or even who he is if apart from his word? And there's no emphasis of the word of God. I love what uh, Stephen Lawson said in regards to the the Asbury thing. He said every revival is ushered in by a renewed emphasis upon preaching, the holiness of God, the sinfulness of believers and the sin cleansing atonement of Jesus Christ. Like that's what you're going to see. And mm-hmm. you know, apart from rolling down there and sitting in in the chapel, I, I'm not seeing that anywhere. Um, just hashtag it and follow the reels on Instagram.
2: <laughs> and it doesn't mean it's not happening to a few people there. Sure. But, but we're when we're talking revival, you're talking movement. Mm-hmm. So let's just evaluate the movement.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So we're not not saying that revival may not be happening in a a person's soul.
0: Sure. Sure. Certainly. And I I, I agree with you there. I agree with you, but again paul is saying in philippians he's saying like if they're preaching christ awesome but especially in the day and age in which we live and you were talking about um, the people who are deconstructing their faith right now yeah on, on sunday that's why things like this have to be looked into so carefully
2: your opportunity in all of this church is to have discussions with people who say. What you think about that down there? Exactly. Like, let me tell you about Jesus and how He has revived my soul. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So
0: is and, Christ being really proclaimed?
1: And this it, is the real Christ. Yeah. And we have to also say, just because one person's experience in revival doesn't make the whole thing uh, kosher. So right. What I'm saying evaluate uh, the movement. Yeah. yeah. So you can still evaluate the movement. You just get those people like, well, if just one soul was saved, then it was all worth it. Right. They. I don't know where you see that in the Bible.
0: Yeah. And you got to be careful, too. I heard somebody recently talking on a podcast about pushing back against, you know, the real pagan liberal agenda, uh, the things you're seeing pushing forward in LGBTQ agendas and so on. Um, And they were saying there needs to be a rallying of, um, didn't use the word Christians, but there needs to be a rallying of, like people who believe in a form of orthodoxy, right? And he's like, so Protestants and Catholics and Eastern, and, and then he started throwing a couple others in there and he, he likened it to Middle Earth coming together to fight against Mordor. And I'm like, yeah, but there's a lot of problems in that, man, <laughs> right? Because then we're just like lumping everything in one big basket and saying just, you know, you, yeah, if you believe a little bit different, but as long as we're pushing back against the same thing, then mm. you know, old time religion is good enough for me. Yes. Right. Yep. And so this is where we got to be so careful on these these kinds of things. Um, and I think we should push back you know a little harder. I mean, obviously God can. I I made the comment on Sunday. Well, God spoke through an ass, right? So God can speak through anything, and God can use anything. But he has he You're has get us
2: explicit tagged <laughs> on.
0: You can beep it later. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what the word ass is in the Bible, even the King James, so yeah. Anyway, please send your emails, <laughs> send them jeff at oh. org. Send them, thank you. I'll receive them. I want all the smoke.
2: I just d- guess d- I don't.
0: All right, I'll take it.
2: I uh, just, just what I got in my pipe. Thanks.
0: All right, I'll take it. Well. I think that, I think again, I think you got me all distracted now, right? <laughs> I think that we have to be careful about these things because there's this experience versus why. So, why do I have to go to a place and experience something instead of basking in the presence of God, experiencing the presence of God as a father, as a husband, as a pastor, yep, as a person? Because you're a working. leftover
2: Roman Catholic?
0: Because you're dull of hearing. Yeah. Right?
2: It's this high religion component. It's yeah. just a, a Protestant form of Catholicism.
0: Yeah, right. And what what's interesting about this too is when all this dies down, um, people are going to, well, if a lot of these students are indeed in, even involved in their local church, which I doubt, um, that local church service is probably going to seem pretty boring and mundane. Pretty dull. Pretty dull in comparison to what they experienced. And so in a lot of ways, I feel like, things like this could potentially just be equipping goats or pagans to go and then think they actually have what uh, what the world needs, right? There was a quote, I don't know if I find it now.
2: Let alone that the warning is that wolves will
0: come in dressed as sheep. Exactly, yeah. What's that guy, um, Mike Bickle, is that's his name? Mm-hmm. The IHOP guy? So I found this quote uh, and he said, the process somebody was saying this about him the prophecy that god gave mike bickle is coming to pass um and, and mike bickle you know, he says he's gone to heaven several times and come back with words and so on and so forth <laughs> not a guy you should listen to um he said i will change the understanding and expression of christianity in the earth in one generation uh, again so this deconstruction of the faith you know critical theory all these things and you see these kind of these emotional experiences that happen and now these are redefining what we think christianity is supposed to look like right Mm -hmm. and how do we know ultimately uh if we're honoring god so if you what did jesus say i beat this drum all the time if you love me what you'll obey me you'll you'll obey me you'll keep my commandments Mm -hmm. so i then i think and what i'm saying in all of this in particular to our people who are christ the lord is you have to test right so test the repentance what's being repented um, from mm-hmm. right, um, and no, these aren't. I've I've done my research as much as I can. So you can email me at that email and, and uh, rebuke me if you want if I don't have my facts straight. <laughs> you can fact trap me. Um, but from, from my my uh vantage point, the things I've looked into, people are are repenting of their whiteness, right? Mm-hmm. At this at this revival, um, it's been reported that LGBTQ um, students are leading some of the worship Mm -hmm. um the revoice group is involved and so you're like how we can't hold these things in in the same hand folks um Mm -hmm. so test test the spirits um at the end of the day i'm i'm gonna just side with the pharisee in acts five who was like look if this is of god (laughs) <laughs> They're then calling you a Pharisee anyway so. Right, exactly, it's yeah. going to succeed it. If it's not of God, it's going to fall apart Which ultimately is is uh, a good reformed um, way to believe Hey, <laughs> if this right. is of God, man, it's going to come to pass If it's not, we're going to have a good chuckle about it And mm-hmm. we're going to keep doing what you know, we're doing We're here. just going
1: to keep doing what we're doing over here We're right going to keep
0: doing what we're doing over here And we're going to say that this is, this is the presence of God In the midst of his people Mm-hmm this is God doing a work as we as we are engaged in building God's kingdom through what? His
1: church.
2: Mm-hmm. Holding fast to confession. Yep. I'm boasting in your hope.
1: Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what well, we are called to do. What you have happening at Christ the Lord is the holiness of God being proclaimed. Yes. And people being called to repentance and faith in mm-hmm. the work of Jesus Christ. Right. And those lives are being... Uh, changed forever. Yeah. And their families and their kids. In the midst of. Like, if we want to talk about what is, if there's the term revival, that's revival. That is revival. Right. Yeah. That's what's happening in Jonah. That's what's happening in Acts 2. That's what's happening. It's faithfulness for generations. That's radical Christianity. So let's get excited about that. Yes. And it's the. Like, let's be, like, go home and see the revivals happening in your home. Yeah. Through washing pots and, your and own changing soul. diapers. <laughs>
0: And discipling your wife and your kids. Yes. Right. Being discipled. When you by come them in on Sundays,
1: like yeah. be excited about the words we're singing and saying and you're hearing and we're praying.
0: Yeah. I was encouraging our home group leaders in that on Sunday we were doing some training and at the end of Jude, it's talking about Jesus presenting us before the Father, and it says with great joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was my encouragement to them was like as we cause we talked through some challenges and some things that they were working uh, on in their groups. At the end of the day, as we are leaning into people um, to help them grow up in Christ, it can be a a drudgery. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we feel like we're just preaching to the cat with the Cheeto bag on his head. A <laughs> sassy. So I get it, right? So I get it.
1: How <laughs> how 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 how? Ho, ho, ho.
0: But I get oh, it. Ho. But but do this with joy, right? Because Jesus has already run and and defeated and conquered with joy. And so there's a measure of jovialness that we have to bring to this, a measure of joy that we have to model because our savior has done this for us as well. I could say a lot more things about this, not necessarily about the the revival there, but just this idea I think that we're seeing in our culture right now where- Well,
2: that's the thing is I hope that you see that we're not just
0: raining on the parade. Oh, I'm raining on the parade.
2: I said not just raining on the parade. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs>
1: words, you, words, you can matter. email me. Words matter.
2: I want you to see how this this hits at home. Yeah, right? it's not just what's happening in Kentucky or yeah. or what could spread, uh, even to the the aspect of it allegedly spreading to Cedarville and such. Sure. But how's this hit you at home? Yeah. And and then us on Sunday morning.
0: Yeah. yeah. Amen, brother. Yep. Amen. It's good. Any more thoughts, fellas, as we wrap this up here? I'm hungry. You're hungry. Well, yeah. Russ was talking about all these different. Uh, foods that Spurgeon spiritually talking about, but I'm thinking about real food.
2: I have a sandwich behind me. It wouldn't be the first time that I ate one on a podcast.
0: Yeah, I was thinking about swiping that.
2: Yeah, we almost split it again.
0: <laughs> again, yeah, that did happen once before. We borrowed Rusty's Subway sandwich, Matt and I, and
1: we gave it back to him in blessed energy <laughs> from us. I
2: have a Subway sandwich for me in heaven. <laughs> I won't store these true. things up here. This is true, I, I, I kind of would like to, but I don't think we need to dive into some just. Practical principles of learning. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe we can. You no, guys can turn I- this off at any time you want. But we <laughs> talked last week at yeah about I, like I was asking you guys for some of your study habits and things like that. Hmm. Um, I, there's, I, I don't want to cut all the food up. Sure. <laughs> but at the same time, there's really practical benchmarks. Yeah. That you in any skill that you learn, like there's there's known benchmarks. Right. You know, and and I feel like laying some of those out is not cutting up the food for you. necessarily. Sure. Yeah.
0: And I know, tried
2: to give some of those on Sunday.
0: Yeah. You gave, and you also said this on Sunday and we've been saying this too. We're not saying that you can't come and ask your pastors like, Hey, you know, what are some things I need to do to start eating? Meat that would be enough? a sign that you've hit that a would few be benchmarks. A, exactly. <laughs> that would be a sign that you're actually moving up, moving on. Oh, yeah. Hey, can,
1: can you help me understand that better?
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So do that at the same time when we, when you hear a message like Russ preached um, know that he's in saying it in the same spirit as the author of Hebrews he who's saying like you got this this is a this you you can do this because yeah. it's been given to you and we trust that what we've been fed you can chew on like stop i'm doubting yourself so much right yeah. stop being lazy you can do this right yeah so um some practical ways of uh yeah what do you got in mind Russ yeah um
2: uh, I, the ones on Sunday I w- would reiterate if we had extra time, but do those, um, me personally in, in learning in general. So this is beyond my Bible time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it certainly applies there. Uh, th- I think the strategy works for everybody. Um, it's not simply just the eighty twenty principle that you may have heard somewhere in your life in corporate or whatever. But for me, I have so many just interests in general. Mm. <laughs> um, I like to explore, it's me exploring God's goodness. I think that might be me a little bit more personality specific, um, just the way God's made me, but the method that I use, I think is for anybody. Um, if you think about a body of knowledge for any particular topic, so from the ones that I've done from woodworking to, um, to music, to to anything. If you pick up some random thing, so I mean, Matt's into the farming stuff now. No, buddy. And and you, I I. That's why he just yawned. He's so tired from farming. (laughs) That's right. I did. (laughs) (laughs) You you get into that kind of thing. You get into cooking. Man, in any body of knowledge, it's the one side of the bell curve, right? Mm -hmm. So you take a bell curve and cut it in half, and what you can do is literally spend 20% of the total energy that it would take to know that whole body of work, whole body of knowledge. And you can get 80% up that bell curve. Now to become a master at it, to really know the whole body of knowledge, it's going to take another 80% of energy to get that last 20% of knowledge to become a master. Yeah. But you can be the greatest Jack of all trades. You can be the King of all trades. If you spend 20% making sure that you figure out how to get, that first 80 mm-hmm. percent and, and what i've found is usually the problem is that the bell curve has a long ramp at the beginning mm. but then if you get past that little yeah zenith yeah. right it flies upwards and all of a sudden everything starts making sense and clicking and clicking and clicking and then you start to see and really understand the topic not only as an expert but quite a lot and, and that, if you then put any of that into practice in your life, specifically now as we jump back into the scriptures, if you put any of that into practice, it changes the way that you view all of life. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Good. So uh, my my fear is that when we talk milk and solid food is that milk is the early part and it's frustrating.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's frustrating. And, and for me, what I do is I try to systematize things and figure out what, what's the skeleton look like in this body of knowledge. Right. So for coffee beans, it's you know it's two or three different things. For beer brewing, you have ales and you have lagers, and then you go up that tree. For tobacco, you've got Virginias, you've got Orientals, and you've got the flavored crap. <laughs> you have three different trees that you can go up. Well, then you just explore each component of that tree, right? Yeah. And you go on through those things. So don't get frustrated before you learn the skeleton. Once you learn the skeleton then it you fly up that bunker, but a lot of times we just cut that short because that first little bit's too hard yeah, yeah. so yeah that, that's the theory of learning um and, and that's that's how I think that we all present a lot of stuff in our teaching and in our sermons is we give you that skeleton mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. then you can fly and put a lot of meat on it really quickly
0: yeah that's good
2: but are there any particular uh study habits or, or, or bible reading things um that you guys would want to throw in
1: not get, your be, journal. get beyond the five-minute devotions. Yes. Prep Jabez. Yeah, yeah, that. Yeah.
2: Well, I, I would commend to, I think all of our church, especially for where they're at, a lot of what you guys have been in for years of, just reading through the scriptures very consecutively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But that's not the only way you can do it. You can dive in deep on specific topics, or mm-hmm. specific books, yeah. um, and spend a little bit more time there. I, th- I know you guys both do have devotional time versus study time. Yeah. Not necessarily everybody can do that on as as on the regular as we can. Um, but feel free. Is what we're looking for is consistency and effort. Right. Yeah.
0: I I was gonna say I agree with I know what you're saying that not everybody has the availability. I mean, this is what we're called to to study the word and in, in prayer, but you do have time yeah. you just need to make it and, mm-hmm. and your time in the word husbands and fathers is one of the most important things you can mm-hmm. do to lead your family way more important than that paycheck exactly way more important than a paycheck exactly so you can feed and clothe your kids but at the end of the day unless they know jesus they're starting right? to go to hell exactly
1: they might go to hell dressed well dressed
0: well and fed well yeah, They're and just fattening and, and them been up
1: sent, for the fattening them up for the slog. and
0: been sent to the best colleges and whatever else. Yes, so mm-hmm. yeah, there is like I understand what you're saying, but um, there is time, so make it. You might just have to get up earlier, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I just don't think there's an excuse there at all. You make time for what's important to you. Yeah, right. Yep. Yeah,
1: I think a good good study habits are uh, engaging both your mind, so your your uh, knowing, mm-hmm. engage your loving, yeah, and your obedience. Mm-hmm. I mean, that should be yep. a quality weekly rhythm, daily rhythm should involve understanding more deeply who God is, asking Him to grow your affection for that, mm-hmm. and then doing something with it, which yeah. is what we
2: do in a very rudimentary way when you owl the text every Tuesday and Wednesday yep. night.
0: Yeah, yeah, very elementary way we're doing that. Yep. Yeah. Good. Yep.
1: Do, do that. So, you know, for me, when I'm, I'm preaching, a lot of my knowing and obeying is, is really wrapped up in that study time. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm getting a lot of that. Um, and I have to be in that, in that context for me, I have to be very intentional about the loving part of it because it can become an academic exercise for the good of somebody else, yeah. it's yeah. is not bad. It's mm-hmm. just missing something. Yep. Um and so then I make sure I set aside time, even as I'm sermon prepping, that is more on the the loving side, mm-hmm. right? More like, uh, and that, I don't mean going to go into the scriptures to feed my affections, um, like to 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 serve my emotions to inform but, your inf- affections, but <laughs> to inform them, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um and so I, I think every every person should have a measure of. Uh, understanding the scriptures more deeply, so uh, like you're going to actually put thought into understanding these words. So that's practically you'll know, look at context. You're gonna you're gonna read bigger chunks. You can maybe cross reference. You might consult a commentary or an exposition, or you know. So knowing, mm-hmm. uh, and then then there should be the, a measure of communing around it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's getting to the. Uh, the affection side of it like a measure of communing
2: abide mm,
1: uh, yes yeah um, and and for that that's I think that's where prayer is a I think a key component like uh, talk to God talk back to God in response to what he just said to you yes you yes. just read it yeah so so I, I literally my intentional prayer time is is almost exclusively like my intentional thoughtful prayer time is almost exclusively simply in response to what I just read. Mm-hmm. And I, I write those prayers out, um, but it's in response to the passage that I just read. Uh, and then, I mean, I might sit and think a little bit more, and then I close that book up and I go on. Yeah,
2: yeah but, but that's the opposite of dull. You, it was talked to you, yeah. and you did something
1: with it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah.
2: yeah it, it's hitting you and, and affecting you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, do this, I do the same thing. I yeah. I pray through the text that I just, and that might be, uh, that might really apply to my wife or my kids. So it hits all these other areas. Yeah. Um, as well, and then, um, sometimes I was telling Russ about this. Sometimes I'll sing a made-up song through the yeah the text or or something like that. It's a lot easier to do with the Psalms. But yeah, that that's simply what I'm doing as well. I'm yeah. not going off and having intentional prayer times usually on the normal without just going through the word of God in my scripture intake, usually in the mornings. I just intentionally pray through that.
1: Yeah. And I might sing a few songs yep. in relation to that. Yeah. And then make sure you're doing something with it. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure that you're teaching with it. Yeah. Make sure that your hands are moving with it. Make mm-hmm. sure that that you are joyfully walking it out. Yeah. Like. Yeah. If not, you'll forget who the person was that you looked at in the mirror.
0: Exactly. and my So this pattern is going to look different for everybody, and this is a part of, of moving up and, and maturing in Christ, is you have to see how this applies to you. So a very practical way that applies to me, so I read the scripture in the morning before the family gets up. I'm praying through the text I just read. Um, I'm singing some songs maybe, quietly to myself maybe, or if, hmm. um, I'm in a place where I won't wake the kids up. I'll sing a little louder. Um, I usually have a hymn book that I'll do that from as well. And then my question I'm asking about applying that is, when my family wakes up and walks down here, how does this begin to be applied when we sit down at the breakfast table? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm not thinking I'm thinking like when I engage with all the things that I'm have to engage today and the first thing is engaging with my family around the dinner table, and we have some prayer and reading there as well. But when you're making eggs and maybe a little bit late to get out of the house or whatever, how's this going to apply right then? Mm-hmm. Right? So that's it's where good. I start. Wake up. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, anything else on that, fellas? No, I cool. think it's helpful. All it's right. Good. Super helpful. Super helpful. Stellar delightful. podcast. It's very Delightful. Yes. We want to encourage you guys to not eat Cheetos. But to uh, except for the super bowl, except for the super get bowl, get the bag off your head, get the bag off your head, but and to feast on the riches of Christ to be skilled in the word of righteousness, yeah. And we are, I think, we are all very excited about what God is doing in our midst. We're seeing people eating meat. Um, testimonies that I heard just Sunday um, from others, how. Home groups, people are growing, and the change that they've seen in their lives, in their own lives, is they gave mm-hmm. personal testimony. So I'm really praising God for what he's doing in our midst as he grows us up into the person and um, the maturity of Jesus Christ. So thank you guys for being here with us. Thanks, Matt, for jumping in on this. Thanks, Russ, Thanks for, for preaching. Thanks for letting me host again. My pleasure. for talking a lot. If you have emails about anything, you can email me. Don't email Russ, because he doesn't want the smoke. Because I don't check it. Because <laughs> he doesn't check it. Exactly. He's too busy reading his Bible. All right. We want to encourage you guys, as always, to go know, love, and obey Jesus as Lord over all. And we will look forward to talking to you next week. See you. See you guys. Amen.